Welcome to yet another edition of the Skyline Podcast. Today with me, we have yet another first-time guest, Mr. Matt Parker, GM of the Cincinnati Reds. How is it in the land down under, Matt? Yeah, good day, Jake. It's uh, not too bad down here. We're in winter right now. Pretty chilly, but nothing like you guys get up there. Oh my God, it is winter there. Jesus, you guys are backwards. Oh yeah, we get, you know, today was the coldest day we've had. It was 45 degrees Fahrenheit, so it was freezing down here. Christmas is in the summertime there, isn't it? That's it. Yeah, I, uh, that that does not... I, I think you just broke my brain. <laughs> well, what, is, what does your Christmas look like? Because ours is Snow. barbecue on the beach, wh- some prawns. White Christmas. Snow, sleds. Yeah. Not 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 barbecue. Definitely not barbecue. No. Okay. That's that's different. Wow. Okay. That that I wasn't even thinking. Okay. I just I just broke my brain. Regardless, <laughs> you are now. This is what your your sixth full season. I believe your first season was was two thousand five. Uh. Um, yep. That'd be right. We we were we were talking about about this before we recorded, but I I still think of you as a new guy. Do you still think of yourself as a new guy? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I do just because, as we said, the little turnover of GMs that we have in the league, I mean, we said two or three, and I mean, I'm still pretty relatively new at out of the park, honestly, I only started playing, I think, 2017, so it's been, yeah, it's been a steep learning curve. I, my, my first OTP was, was 18, and I, and I only played uh, offline, but yeah, we were talking, I think, oh, really? Las Vegas has a new GM, Montreal has a new GM. Compared Pittsburgh. to when you joined, Pittsburgh has a new GM and Washington has a new GM. But outside of that, it, it's all the same. And mind you, you you joined again two thousand four. You've been around for for uh, five seasons. This year, sixth. Mm-hmm. And I, again, that that just goes to show that this league is as stable as it gets. Are you in any other leagues? Yeah, I mean, I'm in uh, three others, but none of them like this. I mean, this is the only one with as active on Slack, as, as aggressive in the trading, any, anything like that, even just in gameplay and taking it as serious as we do. I mean, I think it's great, and it's a good, good fun experience. I mean, even in the wee hours of the morning, well, at least over here, that's noon your time, but we can expect at least someone to be active. Again, whether it's you at what would be 4 a.m. Eastern time, that's 5 p.m. your time, but there's usually someone active on Slack, either uh, D. Rich getting drunk and talking about what he likes <laughs> on the podcast, uh, Chicago Steve wishing us good morning at 6:30 a.m. Um, but yeah, I mean Slack, it's 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 incredible. I, just everyone is active. Yeah, it's it's a good it's a good fun group of guys too. I think everyone sort of, for the most part, gets along with each other. There's no there's not too much beef in the chat, so it's good. No, there's definitely the the beef has definitely calmed down some uh, within recent years. Not sure exactly why, but but it's definitely uh, calmed down a bit. But it's you've been with us uh, off season of two thousand four. You made one move in that off season that we're going to get to in a bit, um, but you've been steadily rebuilding uh, these last few years. You came in two thousand five. You had fifty six wins and then decreased after each of those years. Yeah, got that down was to, the goal. Got down to forty eight and oh nine. Jumped back up to fifty three in two thousand. Uh, sorry, got down to forty eight wins in oh eight. Jumped back up to fifty three wins in oh nine. Didn't have a winning percentage above 360, and yet here you are sitting at 30 and 24, with arguably one of the best uh, one-two punches in the league with Luciani and Scharf, as long as they're both both healthy. So, how did you know that the rebuild was over before any of el- any one of us, any else, anyone else knew? Well, I think a lot of my guys, uh, when you actually go through and have a look, have pretty good ratings either against, you know, my hitters against righties or some of them against lefties, which just don't show up on the overall, which I guess people would look at and just sort of dismiss it. Um, and I mean, when you had Scharf, Luciani, Adrogo hit, you know, OPS, what was it, 950 last year, 960. I mean, that's a quality outfield. You've got a $4 million free agent catcher I signed. I mean, the bullpen would be pretty decent in any other ballpark. I mean, it's it's not a bad team. I thought I, I honestly I didn't think that I'd be competing for the playoff spot. I thought I'd be around maybe fourth or fifth in the division, but I'll take it. I mean, you've guys had you've had guys like um, like a Drago come out of nowhere. You had him, and then the other one that comes to mind is Jorge Aguilar, mm. uh, 2007 rookie, finished third that year. 
Um, he was then sent to Toronto um, for Demlo, Bernal, uh, Guidus, Mike Washington, and some cash. Um, but again, you, you've had these guys sort of, from, at least from my scout's perspective, come out of nowhere. From OSA's perspective, um, it's been seen. Um, like yeah. definitely Aguilar has always been a 70, a 70 uh, power potential guy. Mm. Um, my scout loved him too. I remember when I, back when I had him, he was always one of the guys that was really, really high up. I mean, and I remember that rookie year going through and like, when is this going to come down? When is this going to come down? And it never did. And he's just kept on hitting. He just won a uh, player of the week this past week. Um, I mean, he had, or sorry, the the week before he had an absolutely phenomenal week. Uh, uh, May twenty fourth against the Yankees, four for four, four runs scored with three home runs and eight RBIs. Um, so he spent time with Toronto and uh, was just traded to Baltimore. But you've had guys like Aguilar, Drago is another one that comes to mind that just come in. Ratings aren't all there, but they just hit. Yeah. It's, and it's, you'd think sometimes it's, you know, the ballpark, but then you look at their home and away splits and they're, in most cases, not that much different. I mean, Idrago this year, 1,000 OPS at home, which is great, and then he goes on the road and still has an OPS of 922. Exactly. Uh, uh, Scarf, uh, you look at him at home, a 997 OPS, which is great, and then he goes on the road and has an OPS of 1,042 with a higher slugging percentage. Yeah, Scarf or Scarf, whatever has come out of, I mean... Obviously, he's good. He's decent. He's got that, you know, 70, uh, 70 contact rating. He's got, you know, 60, 65 gap and home run. But he's come out of just absolutely nowhere and destroyed it this year. And I think the, uh, the addition of Rivera from Kansas City is definitely going to be a good one just because it gets him out of left field. Because mm. he's been, he hasn't been good in left field. Minus 6.5 zone rating in only 36 games. That's it. So, yeah, that's one of the reasons I wanted to get rid of, uh, yeah, get get Schaff into the DH spot. I mean, I knew he'd be a sort of liability anywhere on the field, but yeah, definitely can use him. And I have a few guys actually that would qualify for that DH role, but none of them as bad as Schaff. And then when Sluciani comes back, he can either slide into left or, or center, depending on how um, Calder, uh, Calderon I see is back now in uh, in AAA after his little cup of coffee. Why why is he back down in AAA? Um, I think if I'm not mistaken, he was, yeah, hitting 214 up in the bigs. But I think he just needed a bit of a, a bit of a refresh. I mean, he's back down there hitting what is it now 308, slugging 500 OPS near 900. So he could find himself back up soon, unless I'm about to make a trade for him or to get rid of him, which would be interesting. I mean. You're you're one of those guys that, that's always making trades, always moving. Um, but like, yeah, yeah uh, sending him down to AAA seems to work wonders. It worked wonders for Amari Gators. Can you explain that? Uh, baseball's a weird sport. Uh, <laughs> I mean, before well, before the last sim, he was he was six and one with a one point eight or something, and I mean now he's a two point eight with a six and three. But still, that's <laughs> that's his best season since he was sixteen, most likely. I mean, yeah, he had, a, he had an ugly, ugly, ugly 8-180 ERA last year, and uh, that is hashtag not good. No, that is that is hard. Um, another another one of those pitchers that, again, just came out of nowhere. It was a waiver claim. Joe Durrell was was on pace for a fantastic season. Oh, yeah. Unlucky That's... with the rotator cuff. That hurt, so, this yeah. is, so this is a two-part question. A, who do you expect to, to fill his spot in the bullpen? Is it going to be Noah Wallace time again? Is it going to be uh, Mike Washington are you going to call Gators back up? Well, that's, that's my big dilemma, and I've got, what, what do I have, 10 hours to to figure that out right now, but it's between Wallace, it's, I mean, Guevara's in the rotation because I had to just chuck him in last minute. Mike Washington might do something. I'm trying to trade for a couple guys. Yeah, I don't know. Gators is having a, you know, having a good year down there. It could be, it could really be anyone. So is Nate Bullers down there as well. He's just eight and 2.32. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was, I, actually, that that's what I'm looking at right now. Bullers. I mean, he's had a he's had a fantastic year. Two yeah. three two ARA, four straight quality starts. Every start at least six innings. Every start with one earned run or less. Yeah. That that uh that that line on uh, May 29th against Newark. That's a really interesting line. Went seven innings. Four hits, one earned, one walk, no strikeouts. Mm. It's a very, very interesting line right there. And only 94 pitches too, so it was 
good outing for him, yeah. Oh, yeah, quality outing for him. Um, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting who fills that because once you once you hand it off to the bullpen, you're fine. 242 yeah. bullpen area, I believe that's tops, in, not just in the east, but in all of Sky. Wow, um, I actually did not know that. Looking here, uh, let's see. But yeah, uh, highest in the sky by uh, 0.15 ahead of Montreal. And then you have to jump all the way up to 311 uh, wow, in Toronto. Crazy. I mean, you definitely went out of your way this offseason to, to sign some bullpen pieces. Reagan, Robles, uh, Areza, a former, former angel. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, what, what do you have to say about that? Well, so I went out and, uh, yeah, I mean, I had – I think I had sixty million dollars to spend in the in the off season, so I went out and yeah, got a got a bunch of guys in the pen. I had, I mean, I've still got. If we look at my disabled list, I mean, you know, Darrell's on there, so I had to bring up someone else to fill in his spot. I've got guys in AAA who could make it in a major league bullpen. You know, Todd Brady, Jankowski, maybe Phil Martin when he's ready. Guys like that, who Emmett Hill as well, who could just come up at any, at a at a minute's notice. So I think I'm in a good spot with the bullpen. The only guy I would that's a little bit concerned about is uh, Robles with his what is it 5.79 ERA, which is a bit off what I expected. But I mean, it's yeah, it's one of the one of the best in or the best in Sky at the moment. I mean, the the thing that the the good the good thing with Robles, the home runs are at a career high, which I expect to come down. That BABIP is an unsightly 465. His career average is 312. So wow. I expect that to come down. The walks are at a are at a low since 2007. So I think Robles just needs a little more luck on his side, and he'll be fine. Yeah, I think it, it'll all come down at the end of the season. Yeah, but that's the other thing is a few of the other guys might be going up. So try and avoid that as long as we can. One of the things I like about Ro- I mean, Robles is is deadly when it comes to lefties. Absolutely. Deadly when it comes to lefties, those ratings are are unreal, and uh, the the stats show it too. Only a three three eight ERA, a, it, that's with a WHIP of two and a BABIP of five twenty nine against lefties. He still only has a three three eight ERA. Wow, yeah, that's impressive. So yes, it's it's definitely interesting, but yeah, you went out you went out of your way to to solve an issue, and it was one of the things that that we talked about on that season opening pod that. When we were comparing your pitching staff to Philadelphia, that was what that was the strength that we saw with with Robles, with Oreza, yeah. with Leo, with with Reagan. Reagan has been absolutely fantastic. A yeah, one sure. two ERA. He is he is nothing like the guy that Pittsburgh waved last season. Definitely Pittsburgh not. Yeah, waved he was... him after twenty games. An eight two three ERA comes back with Detroit has has a has a decent uh, decent set second half of the season, but he came back with a vengeance in Cincinnati. Yeah, and I've got him for a couple of years. Next year, I'm giving him seven point five. So yeah, it turn, looks like looks like a good signing at the moment. What is it? I think he has is it thirteen saves right now. Yeah, thirteen saves, one point two ERA. K over nine, only seven point two. But yeah, he's he's killing it. Yeah, he's definitely had one of the one of the best seasons of uh, of most relievers. Um, so again, that that was one, that was a good move. What would you consider the best move you've made as a GM? That could be a draft pick. That could be a trade. Anything that you you think you would consider would be this is this is one of the best moves I've made as a GM. It's a tough question. I mean, at the moment, it would have to be this the Sharf signing. I mean, I've got him for four years. If he hits three sixty for four years, I'm not I'm, I'm not complaining at all. Um, so yeah, it's a tough one. Oh, yeah, I and guess. you've also been blessed with a You've been blessed with a massive budget there in Cincinnati. Absolutely, yeah. I don't know how my market size big fan loyalty, very good fan interest at eighty seven. I mean, yeah, it's, it's you start it's selling crazy. tickets, that budget's going to jump from one eighty to two hundred. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I what, mean, we've got it, the fans coming in this year too. We've what are we averaging here? We got thirty six, forty, thirty seven, almost attendance per game up fifty percent on last. year. If you year. don't mind divulging, what's your projected budget for next year? My projected budget. How do I even find that? Where's he at? Over there. Hundred. It's only 184. It says so. It's not not as big as you'd think, but who knows? My owner likes to give me more money as the season goes on and towards the end of the season. So. What was that? I was just saying, my owner really gives me more money, sort of as free agent starts every year he has so far for the last couple. So that'll be that'll be nice. 
I mean, we're, we'll we'll get to we'll get to the other side of that spectrum. But drafting Luciani's got to be up there. Um, yeah, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be good. Um, I've got to say, you've got you've got a decent haul for Don. You got a decent haul for Wallace. If Wallace develops that changeup, that's going to look like a great move. Um, but yeah, yeah, that that scarf signing looks far and away like one of the best moves. Even if you're paying for even if you're paying him. We're paying him 133 million over four years. If he gets you six war a year, that that number could be 200, and it, and it would be the same, same thing. And it's it's very. I think uh, remember the contract's very top loaded, so it's yeah, 40 yeah. million this year down to 28 in the last year. Yep, 40, 35, 30, 28. So you you had the you had the money. It's very much like a, a mean in Toronto. He, he likes to front load those contracts. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely a shrewd move if if you've got a whole bunch of young guys. Uh, and you've got the money to spend, you might as well spend it. And then as those young guys are headed for arbitration, have that contract come down. I, I think that's a that's a shrewd, a shrewd, shrewd move. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely... I was, I was going to go one of two ways in the offseason. It was either completely ignore pitching again, or up it just a little bit, and just go all out offense, sign the best, you know, best catcher I could, best third baseman I could, try and just get rid of Rivera and get another second baseman in there, go for all outfield upgrades. But I've decided to go sort of a different route there and go bullpen and hitting, which is, I guess, worked out pretty well so far. Tried for first in home runs, best bullpen in, in the East. And you, uh, if you can get, if you can somehow, if you can land an ace, a bona fide ace, uh, Gomez is on the block there in Virginia. Um, I mean, or not Gomez, Meza is on the block in Virginia. He's, yeah, but he's I've had previous great him. years. Um so there there are definitely there are definitely some some names out on the block. Yeah, for sure. And if 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 Mueller comes into his I think what does he need he needs to develop a couple more pitches and just get his stuff a bit higher. Yeah, you got Wallace there, you know, number one spec for a while. So yeah, we we're looking good in the pitching at the moment. But going back to that outfield. There, there's a possibility that you have Scharf, Luciani, and one other very good player out there. Is there a move you regret more than the Luis Noyola trade? <sighs> Look, probably not uh, at this point in time. I mean, when you look at his stats now, or even his ratings, you know, it's, what is he, a 70, 75 guy? I mean, yeah, it was, it was tough. I think when I first joined the league, I think I was thinking about this before as well, I was just a terrible out-of-the-path player. I didn't care at all about my team. I was just sort of trying to get the best guys I could, but this league has improved me, you know, tenfold. And every 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 month or so, I'd look at Noyola's stats and I'd just pray that he wasn't going to develop, wasn't going to develop. And then, what, in his first week in the majors, he hit, you know, four-something. And it was, yeah, it was all downhill from then. I mean, there. I'll say this. You got the best season out of Landrum that he had since I believe the early the early two thousands. He played one hundred fifteen games, started all one hundred fifteen, had three WAR. That was the highest he had had since nineteen ninety nine. And then mm-hmm. you turned around and traded him for for some some filler and some picks. Um, but yeah, that I just uh, wasn't in. I mean the the Landrum. I mean Landrum would have been a good get if I was a contender, if I was up there, you know, trying to win, but. <laughs> When I was, yeah, as we said before, 50 wins, 40, whatever it was, wins. It's just that uh, that was pretty dumb. So just this is a trade that didn't happen. We we li, 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 uh, we live and we learn. Exactly. That's it. I think I've that. I mean, that's definitely the worst trade I've made. But since then, I think I've been getting closer to, to even. I mean, definitely. I mean, every there's a reason Deerich says this and, and I and I and I've I've done this before. Um, it's it's not trading with the new guys. It's talking about having that rule like okay, let's let's not let the the new guys trade for for at least a couple sims. And and this is the reason why. I mean, I for for better or for worse, I, I took advantage of a new GM. I, I'll admit that. Um, oh yeah, I mean, terrible I of me to do. All for that either. I, I mean, it's it's completely within the rules. It's a guy you wanted, you got him, got him. So yeah, go for it. But on but on the same side, no matter what GM has showed up in Washington within three days, I'm asking about Mario, and he's still not on the team. So as yeah. much as I as much as I bug those guys for Mario, he is still a Washington National. Yeah, and he's I mean, 
his talents are just wasting away out there on a on a team that's what are they now nineteen and thirty five. I mean, uh, it's painful to see that. But I've yeah, I, I know think, I've asked I about it need... too. I mean, there there's not a team there there's no team in baseball that would that would not be helped by Mario. Absolutely, not one. Sure. Even with his 450 OPS this year, even with he's still a positive in the field. I mean, the the one issue is going to be can he stay healthy? And yeah, he is coming yeah. dangerously close to being a scroll guy. Him and him and Luciani, I fear. I mean, they're in the same bracket. They're both, you know, going to be 80 rated guys, 75 rated guys, who should hit for crazy power numbers, crazy averages. But can they stay healthy? I, mean, the, I think the one reason Mario's never going to hit for average is because he's an extreme ball, he's an extreme pull fly ball hitter, and the Babbitt's the Babbitt is naturally going to be lower, so there's going to be fewer balls in play. That is true. Um, Luciani, he's he's just a normal fly ball hitter. Um, not going to hit lefties well. He should mash righties. Um, this is something I brought up earlier, and, and this is something I want to hear your opinion on. Through, uh, in two weeks, he'll 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 be at a, a touch under three years of service. In those three years, he'll have played less than a full season, a slash line of 236, 322, 399, 391, 17 home runs, and an OPS plus below 90, a weighted runs created plus below 90, and a WOBA that's a touch below what Fangraphs calls below average. Are you worried about Luciani? I'm only worried because of his injuries. I mean, obviously, he's only played, as we, yeah, as we said, not a, not a lot of games at all, but I th- I think I mean his numbers I just I have the faith I reckon they'll they'll get back up there I mean he he hit what did he hit 292 in AAA with a 4.5 WAR he hit 271 in High A he jumped through the ranks very quickly but I think once he gets into his into his own you know he gets to more towards his prime 27 28 29 I think we could see uh, a pretty you know good couple years out of him but. Can he just can he stay healthy? Will he come back the same after or better after the injury? Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, his floor, in my opinion, his floor is Greg Dunn. Um, Greg Dunn's toiling away in AAA right now, but he had one of the weirdest two-year stretches there uh, in Tampa. He, he he's uh, Greg Dunn had an OPS of eight forty-nine with five point seven WAR back in 2000, 2007 with Tampa Bay. Gold glove right fielder. He's still only 28, but he's a dude that has a his career plus 38.4 in center field, plus 60 in right field. So I mean that that's a profile that uh, that Luciani has an, an elite glove in the outfield, and yeah. I mean I think Greg what Greg Dunn did in his best season that was an 849 OPS. I'd say that's what's fair to expect from Luciani. I think Greg Dunn is a floor player of what you get out of Luciani. Well, if I mean, if he does end up being that, I mean, I'll I'll take that, you know, for a couple of years. But I'm hoping I'm hoping it's a little bit more. Oh yeah, I that. mean, as as a as a number two overall pick, I mean the the draft gods have not been nice to you lately, which which kind of sucks. Um, That's for sure. I mean, between I'm just going through some of your draft picks. I believe Mueller and um. Muller and Luciani look like two of the best picks. But beyond that, there's Chris Blitzer. Uh, there was your number one overall pick back in 2008. I can't remember him off the top of my head. Um, but it, it, it's it been rough. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Um, yeah. My drafting so card. Yeah. And I'm also I'm trading away. I mean, this year I had two picks I think in the first five rounds I mean not the year to trade them away but yeah I mean you've got Conrad this past year who OSA is okay with but also at number three overall Esparza who's was a a number one overall pick Um, Muller who's picked in 08 is now in the majors Luciani in 07 is now in the majors Chris Blitzer who I believe is toiling away in AAA at this point in 2006 yeah he's come back up and then Jeff Wicks, who's um, a quadruple-A bullpen guy. So, Yeah, he's an interesting one because I changed scouts a couple of years ago. When I drafted him, I remember he had an 80 potential. He had yeah a few a few things he needed to work on. He could have been a you know a, a good starter, but then I got the, a new scout, and my scout 
absolutely hates him, but OSA still likes him. Other guys seem to like him, so I have the faith in him as well. We'll see what happens that's, there. That's one of the reasons I'm terrified to ever change scouts. Because I know what <laughs> I know what my it doesn't matter if it's if it's like the same ratings. Doesn't matter if I get like an exact replica of the scout that I have right now. Like same preferences, same ratings for this. I don't want a new scout because that is a complete overhaul of everything that I think I know. Yeah, I would rather it. be wrong, knowing what I know, than have to change scouts and rethink everything. Mm. Yeah, scout scouting is pretty scary in this game. It does it changes a lot. That's for sure. And that's one of the reasons. Like one of the reasons um, I've started going. I've started kind of going with OSA when it comes to to first round draft picks, because every scout differs so much. But OSA is is um, is the same for for every everyone. So everyone can see who those top guys are. And if you look at the draft history between who OSA likes, what the demands are, those are the guys that that more often than not are the ones that turn out good as opposed to the ones that your scout loves as an 80 potential, but OSA has as a 35. Yeah, that's it. I think, I think the secret is, I mean, my theory, at least when I'm drafting in the top, you know, six or seven, which I have been every single year. So I'm pretty, pretty well versed at it. But my, my, my theory is just make sure you get someone who's up on the scout. And OSA is at least a 60, 65 guy. You don't want anyone below that or, you're just playing. You're, you're you're playing with fire there. You cut out there. You said, uh, "What what did you say your strategy was?" I heard the the last part. But I didn't hear the first part. Oh, just that I was gonna say you want to get someone, yeah, that OSA rates you know above a sixty sixty five, and that your scout enjoys because otherwise, yeah, you're just you're you're threading you're walking a fine line. Yeah, I'm that. That's that's usually what I do. I, I look at who OSA likes, and then among those guys, then I rank them by my scout. Hmm. That's it. So like if if OSI if OSA has two guys at a sixty and one guy at a fifty, I'll take those two sixties, rank them by my scout, and then uh, the OSA fifty. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the best way to do it because I think OSA gets it gets you know talked down a bit, but more often than not, as we said, they're pretty accurate. They're accurate. They just can't rank. They just can't rank specs for shit. Yeah, no, their spec ranking is all over the shop. Like I love Akbar. No Wallace is going to be good. At no point in time was either one when when Akbar was twenty three and still had a twenty changeup, he should not have been the number one spec in baseball. Mm. And and I'd say the same thing with Wallace. As much as I mean, he's at this point he is twenty three. He opened the year as the number one spec in baseball, and that changeup has not moved from a thirty. Excuse me, he opened the year as number two spec in baseball. That changeup has not moved from a thirty. I think uh, we just had a, we had a scouting report just the last sim. My my scout upped it from a twenty to a thirty, so we're getting there. We're getting close. So we're getting there. It's it's <laughs> it's it's getting closer, but still not what you'd want from a from an everyday starter. Yeah, no, it needs to get. I mean, I want to put him in the the rotation full time when he gets to around a forty five fifty somewhere there. But until then, he's. I mean, he's having a good year in the bullpen. Don't get me wrong; his bullpen numbers are, are pretty impressive. Um, I think we got yeah as a reliever, he's a. Point four nine in twelve games, eighteen innings. That ERA is really blown up by those three starts. It's the starting, yeah. That's really he's struggled 16 in sixteen earned runs in seventeen innings as a starter. Yeah, with only a two point six Ks over nine, it's it's not good. No, oh, that that is not sustainable. It's, it was the same thing in spring training. Six that's starts, yeah. one point seven. He had four. He had four strikeouts through six spring training starts. Not not per game, total. Mm. Which is which is weird when he, you see he has a sixty five movement. I would say rating my scout likes him at a seventy movement. I mean, he's got the, he's got the stuff, but it just does not working out for him. It, it, it's that third pitch. He does he doesn't have that out pitch. Yeah, that's right. But I mean, again, if the you said that it got up from a twenty to a thirty, so it might just be throw him into the fire, see what he can do. The uh, the Akbar treatment that uh, Jangles tried with. Uh, that Jangles tried, and, and Akbar's been sensational to Penn. 0.74 ERA, uh, 13 saves, an ERA plus of 6.03, has not given up a home run this season, and that changeup is still sitting at a 25. Yeah, it's 25 for me as well. And yeah, he's he's an interesting one too because he's when you look at his stuff, movement, and control. He looks like a very good reliever because usually, you know, they've got the high stuff and the average movement, average control. 
but yeah, he's he's gone into his own as well. Yeah, thirteen saves. He's he's having a good season. I mean, the the question that I ask is again: is do, would I rather have him or Basinger? And you see Basinger, who before these last two starts, he just had two losses in a row, which is unheard of for him. Uh, before these last two games against Atlanta, he had appeared in twenty nine games at an ERA of one one nine. Wow. In not his last game, but the game before, two thirds of an inning, five earned runs on five hits and one home run and a loss. And then in uh, the second game against Atlanta, two earned runs on three hits and two strikeouts in the loss and the blown save. So very unlike Basinger, but I mean, if you hell, you give me either Basinger or Akbar, I'm gonna be happy. Yeah, and with Basinger too, he's got the the last two seasons. He's got a 1.91, a 1.8 ERA, eight WAR over the two seasons. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to complain if I had either of those guys, that's for sure. No, I mean, both of them are, are better. You can add, I believe if you add their reliever ERAs up over the last four seasons, it's lower than what Alfredo Garza has this year, which is sad. That is, yeah. That's sad. What Whatever happened to him? You interested in Garza? He's he's available for better or for worse. <laughs> I actually, you know, it's funny. I, I put in an offer for him in free agency. I... I just sort of thought, I mean, he's still, the ratings are still there. His velocity is still there, 96 to 98. He's got that high work ethic, so it's not going to, I mean, it shouldn't drop off anytime soon, but yeah, he has shat the bed big time this season. I mean, that's what I've been saying for the last year and a half now. Yeah, you told me the same thing in Slack. You said he's, he's still there, it's all there, everything's good. And I was close to believing. Oh, I'll, like, I'll sell my players till the end of the, till the, till the world ends. Yeah, that's it. I, mean, I believe you oh, you got him for two years, but he's on that team option, so it's not it's not the end of the world there. If he if he continues this, there is no way in hell that team option gets gets picked up. That's for sure. I mean, I might sign him next year in their free agency for what he might want one and a half million. I'll take him for that much. Um, I'm looking at Basinger right now. Of all pitchers with at least ninety, of all pitchers with at least hundred innings, no one has a lower ERA than Joe Basinger's two point zero seven ERA. However, if you lower that threshold to 90, Osamu Nakayama, the Marlins closer who is an uh, international free agent th- this past year, gets, the, uh, gets it with a 199 ERA. Yeah, out of all those pitchers, every single pitch with at least 100 innings pitched in Sky history, Joe Basinger is the only pitcher, not just with an ERA below 2.2, but he's sitting there with a pristine 2.07. Yeah, it's crazy. You look at Nakayama as well. He's got the same thing as basing. He's got the high stuff, the average movement, average control. I think that might that might be the the out of the park secret to the to the relievers that you want. I've got two of those guys as starters, uh, Scruggs and uh, De La Garza. But yeah, you throw those guys in the bullpen. I don't even know what would happen. But yeah, I've got I've got a similar guy in the bullpen and Steve Vines, eighty stuff, sixty five movement, forty five control, and yeah. he's been absolutely lights out. It's definitely been a uh, interesting year. So if you could, if you could pluck, pluck any player out of Sky and throw him on the Cincinnati Reds, current contract and all, can pluck one player. Who would it be? I'm thinking with my with Luciani down, with Scharf in left field. I'm probably taking Murillo, just to chuck him in the center field, sort of clean up a hole there, and just pray to the baseball gods that he stays healthy. I'm surprised you didn't say Trujillo instead of Murillo. Mm, I, I think I've just I've looked at Murillo just a little bit more. I mean, Trujillo, yeah, he's having a season. That is true, actually. The 21-year-old, he's got the rookie of the year probably sewn up at this rate. So uh, he, I, I, I will say this. He could, he could break an arm today, be done for the year. It would take something magical for someone else to get my rookie of the year vote. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's OPSing you know, 1.039. <laughs> and he's, I mean, well, I, I'm not sure. I'm not so sure that he's not just the rookie of the year, but he very well could win hitter of the year, rookie of the year, be an all-star, win the gold glove in center field, and be and uh, and be a silver slugger. Like, I honestly think he could take the quintuple this year. That would be impressive. I'm, I'm not sure that's – has that ever happened? I would highly doubt it. I, I could look back at it. Um it would be easy just to look at who the hitter of the year were um, and compare that to, to rookie of the year, but that would definitely be uh, impressive. I'm surprised you didn't say someone like Pons or Alvarado or my boy Alfredo Aguilar, considering the need for pitching. 
Yeah, I mean, pitching for me in my park as well, it's just, I mean, having a good pitcher is obviously going to be great in any park, but it's not, a good pitcher in mine isn't as valuable, if that makes sense, as, as others. I said, if there was one pitcher that I could think would be absolutely perfect in your park, I would say uh, uh, Pelton in Pittsburgh. 75 movement. Yeah, he's got, the, he's got the stats. He's got the stuff, he's got the stats got the stamina he would be yeah, he'd be very nice to have might uh um, might shoot jason a message just to see if he's willing to give him up um i would be surprised if yeah i i could nearly guarantee that he would ask for your house and more <laughs> i'll just um, clean out, have... i'll clean out the i'll go for, I'll, I'll clean out my draft picks again who, who cares <laughs> Yeah, just just send away the the two through six again. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at this. I don't think uh, no player I believe has ever won uh, rookie of the year and hitter of the year in the same year. We have had um, pitcher of the year in rookie of the year, but never okay. hitter of the year in rookie of the year. We've had Juan Castillo won rookie of the year in 06, won hitter of the year in 07. Tony Flores won hitter uh, won rookie of the year in 08. Uh, hitter of the year in 09. So there's that. Um, but I believe Willem Gallard, who, again, 1980. So that was the first year where everyone was a rookie. They're the only guys, I believe, who have won, who won rookie of the year and then either hitter of the year or pitcher of the year uh, well, that's in the pretty, same season. That's a pretty esteemed list there. So if, if Trujillo can do that, he might have. I mean, he looks like at this point he's going to have a great career, but that could be that could be one of the best. I mean, yeah, Gallard, I believe that's it. And Gallard sh- should be a Hall of Famer when all is said is done. Had 46.7% of the vote last time. Um, numbers retired by the Yankees. Three uh, Pitch of the Year awards, 1980, 1984, and 1989. Rookie of the Year, 1980, was a 10-time All-Star, or 9-time All-Star, and, and has a sky ring. He has, he has everything you want. So, again, with some of those guys off the, the list, Gallard should be a Hall of Famer. But, I mean, again, just looking at this list, it is just... Gallard. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be. I mean, he's he's got he's got the stuff. I, I would I would imagine. I mean, he's probably got my vote for rookie and hitter of the year. So yeah, we'll see what happens there. Oh, yeah, it would. Uh, Covelli won rookie of the year in two thousand one, and then won hitter of the year in two thousand three. Um, but yeah, it's that that that's it. Oh, Eddie Dolly, uh, another player, uh, rookie of the year in two thousand eight, hitter of the year. 2009 so it would definitely be something um to see yeah. to see uh, Trujillo do that um so if you ha- if you had to pluck a pitcher you you, uh, you know pitching's not pitching's difficult in uh in Cincinnati one of the reasons you got rid of uh, Wilkinson because of that 35 movement uh home runs are given up at a rate 13.3% above the league average would mm-hmm. it be Pelton that you pluck or would it be someone like Pons or even Alvarado there in uh Seattle I think it'd be between Pons and Pelton and Probably gonna have to go with Pelton just because he's he's got years and years and years ahead of him. Most of them, well, for the next few on five hundred grand anyway. So, I mean, Pons obviously is the the, the goat, but yeah, I'm going with Pelton in, in that one. I mean, yeah, we talked about renaming the the pitcher of the year award the Muggsy Award. By the time it's all said and done, we may need to call it the Pons Award. Yeah. I mean, he is 34, turns 35 in October. And through 12 starts, he just had, he's just sitting there with a 1.45 ERA because why the fuck not? As a 34-year-old, about to be 35. I mean, and, and there's barely a scratch on him. He missed six days in 2009 with a herniated back. Missed four weeks in 2006 with a sprained ankle. Was nauseous earlier this year, probably because he was looking at his numbers and they were just so gaudy he couldn't figure out what to do with them. Um, but, like, yeah, 2006, he missed a couple weeks. Had a 1.58 ERA, led the league in WHIP and WAR. I mean, yeah, as much love as we give Muggsy, and he's in the Hall of Fame now. I'm gonna make the argument that Pons, who's under contract now until 2013, um, may be the goat when it's all said and done. I would, I would agree with you on that one. Have you? I just, I've just gone to Pons's page. If you look at his last start at Atlanta, he gave up zero own runs, zero runs in eight innings on five hits. With six Ks, so through eight innings, he's got a what is that a four zero lead, and they lose seven to five. 
the uh the, the best outing he's ever thrown in his career came last year. The the box score I believe is gone uh I think is about to be erased. I'm gonna see if I can if I can find it. Against Philadelphia last year, June 10th, so we're almost at that date. He went eleven innings, allowed one hit, two walks, ten strikeouts on 137 pitches. And That's I'm crazy. fairly certain that game went twelve innings. Yeah, that is crazy. I mean, that is absolutely unreal. I, I, and there's a reason that that the Mets are at the top of the North every year. Oh, Pons yeah. has a lot to do with that. Does he have? I mean, he'd have to have the most WAR in a what is that? A a, a nine year stretch there between 2002 and 2009. He's just got a cool. Just the most just sixty ish WAR over year. that over nine years. Uh, more than that, take up point six. That's uh, what are we looking at here? Sixty four point six as of June seventh, twenty ten. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's over. It's over. Yeah, was that eight and a half seasons? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable. And that's just an average of seven point six WAR a year. And he was a third round pick. Third rounder. And he, signed for third rounder forty k. Came, it was a reliever. Uh, came up as came up as a reliever, and then developed a pitch. Uh, I believe off season of two thousand one, two thousand two, and then everything just ballooned from there. When I go into his his scouting page, my scout had him at a thirty five potential when he came up, or when he, when he got drafted. Sorry. I think it's safe to say your scout missed. Yeah, just off a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, but, like, yeah, he was never a top spec. Uh, he was the Appalachian reliever of the year in 95. He was an all-star twice in the Florida State League. Um, but never anything exciting. And then 2002 comes around. Strikes out 16 against Boston uh, first week of the year. It, as a no-hitter a month and a half later. Wins the Sky Pitcher of the Month award. And then finishes second that year in Pitcher of the Year. And then wins Pitcher of the Year in 03, 04. 05, 06, second and 07, then wins again 08, finishes third last year. Yeah, definitely the GOAT. No question about it. Yeah, I, I think that is uh, safe to say. Uh, you have anything else you want to add here? On any questions for any uh, questions for the host? No, well, I, I did have actually one for you uh, that I thought of earlier. In the, uh, price on Noyola? In the chat here. Yeah, about, about Noyola. I was... When when you got him off me, what did you what did you expect from him? Did you expect the numbers he's putting up now? No, I had him as a fifty potential. I did not have him as really? as this great spec that OSA had him. I'm looking at the scouting report right here, November eleventh, two thousand four. Sixty potential contact, 44, 45 potential power, forty five potential eye. I, I, everyone called that everyone called that a steal. It, it's definitely looking like a steal now. But no, I didn't have him as some some eighty overall spec. He just looked like some run of the mill okay spec to me. Well, that makes um, me feel a little bit better. <laughs> so I, I did not, I did not think I was doing that. I don't think I realized he was a top spec until someone mentioned it. Like I don't think I realized he he was a he was a top forty spec. I really, really don't. Wow. And I don't know if that makes it better, if that makes it worse. <laughs> well, I um, did, I did notice that. So I guess that makes it worse for me. Um. But yeah. So, uh, besides that, anything else? Well, I'm just looking at my pitching rotation for the next, at least the next week, because I guess what you guys in America, you're all, you're all hitting the hay for tonight. So, uh, I most think of us, I believe, are already this. asleep. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm sticking with this uh, rotation for one more day. So, I'm just wondering what. Do you, what do you, you usually doing? stay up until? Do you usually stay up until near uh, midnight, two a.m. for these sims? Oh, for sure, I'll be up tonight. I'm a, I'm a big uh, F1 guy, so I'll be watching the Grand Prix, which goes to one. So, yeah, I'm usually awake. Very rarely do I miss them. Yeah, it's. Uh, do, do you prefer the live sims or the uh, Skyball highlights? Uh, honestly, the highlights. I just want to get it over. I want to see how we did. I'm not one for the stress. I just want to see it, get it done with, put it in the bag, lock it up, move on. If we could, I'd uh, I'd have two sims a day. I de- I've I've thought about that one in the morning, one in the, one at night, one at uh, yeah. one at ten a.m., one at ten p.m. 
Yo, that would no, be was, fun. I, I mean, that would require lucky. a lot of dedication and people <laughs> to not care about what they do at work. Um, yeah. All that's for it. it. I, I was in. I was looking at one league based in Australia because that's why I was interested in it, and they did daily sims a month at a time. A month at a time. Yep, one month at a time. Twelve sims a year, every single day. I think they're in twenty eighty at this point, or something ridiculous. See, but that just doesn't make sense to me because, like, if there's an injury, you're screwed. If there's an injury on day two, I mean, at that point, you're just not even controlling anything. If, well, if it's I like that, I'm I'm putting the AI in control of everything. Honestly, injuries would be a lot less than what we have in this league. That that's the other thing I was going to ask you earlier. It's it's a touchy it's a touchy subject for some. You said earlier in chat you've gone from yeah test the depth to yeah this needs to get lowered. What what, what caused that change? I think honestly I don't I don't really care because it's it's the same for everyone. Injuries happen. They're a part of real life sport. They're a part of computer game sport. I mean, I have the depth. Other people should have the depth. It's I think it is it is a tad high just the severity of the injuries that we have. But I I mean I don't mind if it stays, I don't mind if it changes. I don't really I don't really care when it comes to the, at the end of the day because what's happened to me this year will happen to other people. It has happened to other people. I'm not one to mess around with that too much, honestly. Okay. That's a that's a very honest answer and I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, it sucks and you know, it changes the history of, of the league and everything and it changes winners and losers, but if you're not prepared, I mean it's not like we were going to change it, and if you're not prepared, I guess it's it's not really anyone else's fault. You know, it's never been the the. Uh, I'm going to defend Trent here. It's never. I don't like the straw man arguments of oh, so just no one's going to get injured. No, it's not that. It's it's going to be lessened. It's not going to be as many day to day injuries. It's not going to be as many big injuries. So guys are still going to get injured. That, that's still going to happen. Um, we're still going to have the the torn rotator cuffs. It's just going to be at a at a lower rate. So. My concern yeah. is that when it does happen, people are still going to complain like, oh, my God, I got so unlucky. It's like, no, that's it's part of real life. But, yeah. Um, well, I'm just thinking that, I'm trying to compare it to real life MLB when you see – I mean, not many teams will have the two or three guys out for the whole year. I mean, it does happen, obviously, every now and then. But, like, you've got – for me, like, Luciani was out for, what was it, four months. Darrell's out for ten. I mean, it happens every once in a while. But just yeah. Just go look at the Mets pitching staff from a couple years ago. Just I that's true, just and the, the or just the Mets. Just, just look at the Mets and just cry and wonder why they're not the skyline Mets. <laughs> yeah, the Mets, the Mets in real life, they're yeah, bit of a bit of a meme. Not a bit of a meme. They they just are a meme. Will Ponds, <laughs> Bobby Bonilla, mm. hand, foot, and mouth disease that that Syndergaard got last year. I mean, come on. That Benia contract when I first, because I've only been into baseball for, well, what is it now, the last five years, I've only played for a couple of years, like in real life. That Benia contract, where they owe him one million for the next four and a half quadrillion years, is one of, I think, the funniest contracts in sport of all time anywhere in the world. I'll say that it's not the only deferred deal ever. No. There, there have been deferred deals in the past. The Mets have done it for a while. Um... Daryl Strawberry did it, which pays him uh, 1.64 million from 2004 to two, uh, from tw- to 2033. Um, the thing is, they didn't want to pay Benia six million in 2000, so they just pushed it back until 2011. They add an eight percent annual interest rate, so instead of <laughs> paying him six million in 2000, they're paying him 30 million across 25 years. Yeah, crazy. Um, but again, do, do you know why they made that deal? Guy. Do you know why they made that deal? I, I believe I read somewhere that that they just didn't have the money, or they were putting the money elsewhere, or something Bernie like that. Already made off the made off Ponzi scheme. Yes, that's that's it. Um, but what's funny is that because he didn't pay Benia, they were able to then sign Mike Hampton. Mike Hampton then leaves, they get a comp pick, and then they get David Wright. So even when they do things wrong, it's still kind of working out for them. Yeah, I guess you could make the argument that that was okay, but that's a risky move. If, if we had that in Sky, I think that that would, be, that would make for an interesting, an interesting uh, 
strategy element to the game. I mean, every July 1st until 2035, people are just going to... Is it 2035 or 20... Yeah, 2035. So 25 years. And they pay him $1,193,248.20. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Would you would you do that? Like, let's say that Scarf is absolute crap in 2013. You don't want to pay him the 28 million. Would you defer that for 50 million spread out over 20 years? It's a tough one. I mean, you just wouldn't want that on the books. Like, I mean, I know you know how a couple of years ago when I traded away everyone, those, and you just retained half on everyone. Yeah, just they had deals. They all ended in 2009. I said, all right, I go, I'm tanking till 2009. And then after that, they're all gone. I'm going to have all this cash, which ended up working out perfectly for me. But yeah, I mean, I probably wouldn't just because I know how bad it could be. But I'd, I'd definitely think about it. Are you regretting that uh, the Sergio Rivera trade, uh, the Sergio Rivera signing? The deal? Um, a little bit. I mean, I, when I signed him, I had even more money than I had now. So it's not... It's not the end of the world. I think the worst part of it is the uh, option year he has on the end there because he's going to opt in if he keeps hitting whatever he's hitting now, 240, 224 last year and 235 the year before that. So, I mean, yes, it's bad. It's not It's not the worst thing I've ever done. I mean, he's an, he's an average fielder, but that will only get worse. And he's a leader as well, so I guess he ties it together. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit of regret. Hey, well, my scout says when he's done, He's going to have the future in stand-up. Yeah, that's... <laughs> so what the personality says. He may, have a, he, have, he may have a future in stand-up comedy. So uh, some people go into... Uh, so pe- some people go to Congress. I believe uh, Glassmeyer um, is running for Congress. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Drew Glassmeyer ran for Congress. Uh, got his number retired, all that. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll see uh, Rivera on the, uh, on the stand-up circuit. Maybe one day. I do have one Hopefully more those tickets are only thirteen. Hopefully those tickets are only thirteen dollars, not thirteen million dollars. No, but that's it. Know. Making people money that way. Yeah, I was gonna say I do have one more con- uh, one more question for you about my pitching rotation. I was just gonna ask what 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 are you doing right now if you're me for the next sim? Are you bringing up Gators? Are you are you putting Wallace in the rotation? I just want to know what what are you thinking? Besides closing my eyes and praying. <laughs> um. I would probably give Bullers a chance. I'd have him start whenever he's ready, so he'd probably need to, to wait four days. Um, but I'd go Leal today. That's the thing. I, who goes tomorrow is the is the who goes Tuesday is the question because no one's on on full rest. Yeah, like Leal's um, ready for today. That's right. But yeah, after that, yeah, in a bit of trouble. I mean, if I was managing it, I'd probably go a bullpen day, but I obviously don't have those controls. I mean, I if Schreyer was an absolute crap, I'd tell you to go with him. I mean, I'm I'm looking. It's it's rough. Honestly, huh? the the name that I don't think anyone's really looking at that you might want to go with just to try it, Augustus Road, who's sitting there in Double A. That would be out of left field. That's for sure. I've definitely not. I've definitely not considered that. But he's had a, he's had a great year. Double A looked yeah. iffy. In AAA, but in four innings, had a BABIP of 600. Home runs per nine of four and a half. None of that's sustainable. The movement's a little low. Um, and you are at home. It would probably be a little better if you're on the road. But honestly, you'd, I'd call him up for a sim. Uh, just because he'd be ready to go. Yeah, he's, he's rested and everything. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's going to be... <laughs> well, definitely have to think about it. I mean, honestly, that's... That's what I do because Gators isn't going to be ready. Um, Strayer's the guy who would be ready, but he hasn't proven anything. So yeah, I'd 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 honestly uh, I'd try your I'd try my luck with uh, with Road. Let him start once, send him back down to Double A, and and hopefully you can make a trade here by uh, by uh, what would that be uh, midnight your time? Uh, midnight would be for this sim. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, still, there's still a couple know, guys the, online here. The, the rule, you remember the in, uh, five graph when I cell in, mode. my export in? I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Doug in New York threw Kenworthy and Greenidge on the block. Yeah, I've, I've, we've, I've inquired about him. He's uh must have gone to sleep by now. I've, we've almost have a deal ready to go. I just have to, he has to accept it, but he's I think he's, he's hit the hay for tonight. 
But uh, yeah, you remember the you remember the Rule Five draft when I when I didn't export and I had to have a chat with Mike. I was like, please, please, uh, please protect uh, everyone, everyone good, Wallace yep. and. and yeah, that was complete mess up my behalf. I'm out all night and I'm thinking, all right, I'll be back home at 1.30. I'll get home. I'll protect everyone, export. What's the legal drinking age in Australia? 18. Okay. So they yeah, do it, so right? He, he, messages, he messages me at, at 5 to midnight and goes, hey, man, you haven't protected anyone. You've, you haven't exported. And I go, oh, shit. And I go, please, please, please. And he luckily, you know, he's a great GM. So thanks to him for that. No, we're we're not gonna let we'll ridicule you, but we probably will never let the number one prospect in baseball. No matter how unworthy it is, we're not gonna let that guy go unprotected. Oh yeah, no, nah. dumb on my behalf. He was always gonna start the year in the majors, so. But yeah. Just just know that just know that you'll owe him one. Oh for sure, he's been a great GM for ever since he took over, so no doubt about that. No, it's definitely been uh, it's definitely been smooth sailing since uh. Since he's become the uh, commissioner again, nothing against Joe, but besides the draft, no six, and uh, no uh, nothing happened. No seven. It's been it's been pretty smooth. Yeah. Uh, last it. question. Uh, last question before I let you go. I know I threatened to end this like 15 minutes ago, but whatever. What position do you play in real life? Uh, it's all good. No, I'm a I'm, I'm a pitcher. Uh, went over the <coughs> went over to the U.S. as a two way guy hitting and pitching, but. The coach Sounds like someone me. that will fit in perfectly with the California Angels system. <laughs> well, no, the coach saw me take batting practice the first day, and he sort of called me his office, and he went, Matt, look, uh, we like you as a pitcher hitting. You just don't have a future in that. And I went, yep, fair enough. I mean, I'm six foot four. I, I weigh 240 pounds. I, I can throw it relatively hard, so I think pitching's the way to go for me. I, I um just like uh, who Montreal just drafted. I'm gonna let you do both until you prove you can't do one or the other. Oh no, I've I've proven you... I can't hit. Don't worry. <laughs> it's funny because your 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 Skype uh, your Skype logo is a picture you hitting, I believe. That's it. Yeah, that's that, that's back here in the club I play for here. Yeah, that's you know that that's a good photo. Makes my makes my arms look good. Everything's good in that photo. But yeah, no, me on the on the on the mound is where it's at. I can't field either. I'm just I'd be a I'd be a shaft. I'd be a negative nine zone rating or whatever it is. Are are you a PFP? Uh, yeah, yeah. we we did that we did that a lot. Fielding practice, we'd we'd get smack balls back at us. We'd have to pick them. Yeah, it was it was it got me a lot better. Did you see the uh, the clip of Caratini today? With the with the Cubs? No, I didn't. Uh, go look at that. Uh, catcher for the Cubs. He's played catcher, first base, whatever. He was pitching today. Uh, there was a nubber to the right of the mound. He uh, he gets off the mound because he was pitching. They were down, I think, 10-1. Screw the Cubs. Unrelated. Yeah, but uh, comes, off, comes off the mound, uh, going to his right, and then just makes a Jeter-esque throw, uh, <laughs> jumping in the air, throws it back to first, gets him. Guess about like three steps. Didn't need to do it, but it was—it's just fun to watch. Yeah, why not? Of course. Do you remember a couple a couple months ago? I put up in the in the stat center. I said, "Who's this guy? You know, two point six ERA, um, two and O record with a couple saves and all that all that thing." Do you remember I put that up? Who was it? Well, they they were my stats last year, so it was more of a bit of a humble brag there, just about. Oh, uh, I don't think I realized you put your stats in there. Yeah, that was that. They were mine in my first year at college. So just in case anyone was wondering, but I think if if I had to if I had to rate myself with the with the OOTP ratings, I think my pitching. I, I've got a fastball. I've got a slider. They're both pretty good. But that changeup is a Noah Wallace changeup. It needs to get a hell of a lot better. So how how difficult is it to to progress that third pitch? In real life, you mean? Uh, yes. Well, so the thing with my changeup is it's more of a splitter now. I've tried five different grips, six different grips. I just can't get the movement on it. I've gone to the splitter, and it's so it's, it's so it's, it's not just on. as easy. So it's not just as easy as try it harder, and you'll finally get it. It really can't just be for that some simple. Guys, too. Well, yeah, for some guys, I think it is just because they they've got the feel, but it's just not there. I just always felt very awkward throwing it. I mean, you want to throw it, you know, the same arm speed as a fastball it has to look the same, so. I've gone the splitter just because it's basically a fastball that dips, which is what I need, and it it takes velocity off, so it works. It does the same job. Okay, well, very very. Interesting. Uh, you Maybe, know, uh, I've, I've got some videos on my Twitter of me pitching actually in the uh, in the season, which is interesting to watch and pick it apart. So 
I go back and look at those. Send every that, send, uh, definitely, uh, definitely send that to me. I'll, uh, I'll make sure that gets out and about. Yeah, no worries. I will. Oh, thank you for this. Thank you for your time. I was going to say uh, this evening, but it is what? It's three p.m. where you are. Three p.m. Yep, about to go and uh, go to the footy. Actually, go watch an uh, Aussie Rules football game. So that'll be good. Good fun tonight. You guys are backwards, and that may be ignorant of me to say, but <laughs> Christmas, Christmas and summer. That 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 broke my brain. Trust that, me, that Jake. Just... It's cold right now. It's it's what is it today? I think it's eight degrees here. So that's that's just under fifty degrees Fahrenheit. It's it's freezing. I was running around sweating my ass off playing Ultimate today. Oh yeah. So, yeah. It, it's 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 summer camp time over here, which is. I I can't wait to get back in the warmth. Don't worry. That that has me all kinds of messed up. Well, again, thank you for your time. Uh, have a uh, have a good afternoon and uh, good luck with these uh, with with these next few sims. Hopefully your uh, your pitching can hold up. No worries, Jake. Thanks for having me. It's been great fun. Great talking to you as always. No problem. Have a good afternoon. Speak soon.